Hey guys, it's Katie and Mandy. Welcome to the Dirty Britches Minisode. Hi, we're back. <laughs> Happy Minisode day. Minisode. <laughs> I yeah, feel well, like I've been harassing you about this Minisode no, episode I- for a little while. <laughs> you have, but it's so good. I am so, I know we have to talk about it. I, I'm like bracing myself to be completely horrified. I yeah. have not looked up really anything except, well, we should tell people what we're talking about okay. today. We're talking about chocolate today. We brought yeah. this up earlier, like briefly in a mini sode maybe before, because right before we started recording, I had like opened this chocolate bar that I got um, that was from this company that's, I don't know, some off-brand thing I hadn't seen before. And I opened it up and it said, this is slavery-free chocolate. And I oh. said, what the fuck? <laughs> if you have to advertise <laughs> that, that is not a good sign for the rest of the chocolate companies out there. Yeah, I was like, wait, oh. that means that there's slavery chocolate if there's slavery-free chocolate. And this is something that I had never heard of before. Mm-hmm. So I assume, I mean, maybe other people have heard of it, but I assume that a lot of people like us have not, just like most of the things we talk about in this podcast. We don't know. <laughs> it, we don't know. Sometimes I feel like, are we living under a rock? And then I realize, like, no, I mean, maybe that's part of it. But I think, you know, there are lots, like all these systems and structures and actions that we keep learning about. I, I think that it they benefit from people not knowing about them, obviously. Like yeah. if people knew more that yeah, Nestle, Nestle mm-hmm. is involved in child labor and slavery. Yeah, they're like one of the most egregious companies, yeah, apparently. Well, fuck mm-hmm. Nestle then. I mm-hmm. so the one thing I looked up, this is what I should say, is I was okay. like, Oh dear God, please say that there there is chocolate I can eat <laughs> that is not involved in this. <laughs> and luckily the brand of chocolate that I have become very obsessed with, they've got these little truffles that are super delicious, mm. is on the list of like ethical chocolates. So I've Which got Which one is that? that? Alter Eco is the name of it. Um, They're really, really good. I swear we're not being paid by them. I just, they're Mm -hmm. um, the little grocery store that I have felt okay taking my kids into, of course, has like, it's like a little co-op that has a whole bunch of whatever, you know, like organic food. And they, they've got these like candies at kids eye level, right at the counter, just like every yeah. good grocery store would right. to entice mm-hmm. those children. But these also, Theo was like, can we get these? And I was like, yeah, we can. They were yeah. these beautiful, like blue and pink and red little wrapped up truffles. And I love dark chocolate so much. And so I've been buying them and eating them and they're delicious. And I was bracing myself to have to like cut all of that out. So I'm glad yeah. at least that part of it's okay. So no. tell, I literally I don't know anything else, just that you saying like, we've got to talk about this. And then I was like, okay, brace. Yeah. And it's mind. not, there aren't any specific like white women involved in this, except for all of us who just consume chocolate. So clearly well, there, is a, there is like the cheesy, you know, like I drink wine at breakfast and like, I love chocolate. <laughs> like all of those, there was that Saturday Live skit a few weeks ago about like the signs. A.D. Bryant was in it and they were like giving her all these little signs that were like live, laugh, love. And I feel like there, you know, there's yeah, like a cliche. Is. It's like a cliche for, I think for women in general, but 
Yeah. And I'm sure there's white women who work for these companies that should know better, but okay. Yeah. yeah, Yes, for sure. And there's something about like the queen in the Ivory Coast anyway. I don't know. So there's a lot more details than we're going to get into, but this is a mini-sode and we're going to try to keep it that way. So (laughs) we'll do a quick little thing. And then if your interest is peaked, go to the Google. Can I say this too? If your interest Mm -hmm. is peaked, we have a blog where we keep all of our links and not only links to episodes, but links to all of our sources. And it's ourdirtylaundrypodcast.com. And yeah. go there if you yeah. want more information. Okay. Yes. Okay. So here's some background. So when I was looking this up, I saw numbers anywhere from like 60 to 80% of the cocoa in the world, because chocolate comes from cocoa beans. Um, and 60 to 80% of that is grown in Ghana and the Ivory Coast, which is okay. like West Coast of Africa. So these are where the major producers of this um, occur. These are obviously also some very poor areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so this all kind of came to public knowledge back in around 2000. Um, the BBC aired a documentary called Slavery, a Global Investigation, and then the child slavery in Cocoa was part of that. And then... In 2010, there's a documentary, which has a great name, I do have to say, called The Dark Side of Chocolate, um, Mm -hmm. that is a film, and they use like a lot of hidden cameras to actually go to these places and see what was going on, about the exploitation of African children in harvesting chocolate. So, Which, by the way, let's just also say like the reason that these countries are impoverished, like partly it's for corruption, but that's also related to the history of colonialism. Of and course. empire and that's they're like incredibly resource rich you know build yep. people who are beautiful and smart and creative and it's the history of colonialism that has impoverished and destabilized this region of the world okay yeah okay so a lot of the people that live in these areas are on agricultural lands so their farming is like as part of their way of life. Um, Mm -hmm. And they say that, so the estimate for how many children are involved in this is around like 1.5 to 1.6, sometimes up to 2.1. I've seen million children. (laughs) And one kid is too many, but that. Yeah. Yeah. Which apparently represents about 43% of all children living in cocoa growing areas. The claim is that a lot of these children are involved in this work on their own family farms, which is which part of that is true. The numbers are obviously like really hard to find because people aren't out there just keeping ledgers of how many kids they've kidnapped for their labor. But it has to be, I think one study just low, low, low end said that they found 15,000 children that they assumed must have been trafficked because they had no living relatives nearby. Um, and I don't know this term trafficked. I'm like, why do we use trafficked? It's kidnapped, right? Like is yeah, trafficked yeah. just seems like a more business like term. I don't, I don't know if there's yeah. a technical difference, but these yeah. children are kidnapped from their homes. A lot of them under the guise that they're going to go pay and make money for their families. So sometimes their families sure. do let them go because that's just part of the industry but they're and like life. in this horrible choice yeah. system of, right. of they, like a desperate situation. 
Yeah, they have no money. They can't they can't feed these kids if they keep them and they're getting promised that they'll get some sort of money, but of course then they don't. Like they just take these kids. And the ages of these kids are as young as 5 years old. Oh my god. That then get okay. taken and trafficked mm-hmm. multiple times. Um most of them that they found come from uh Burkina Faso and Mali, which mm-hmm. are some of the most poverty-stricken areas um, in Africa. So these kids then get trafficked, taken by multiple different people, transferred from person to person. And then eventually some of them are even sold for as little as like 200 euros, which euros I think are a little more than a dollar. So, And there are there like agents who are kind of running these operations. And then like, I'm wondering where, the corporations come in to the like this process. Well, according like to them, never. And there's uh-huh. a recent Supreme Court case that kind of backs that up. But so these farms are completely independent farms. They're owned mm-hmm. by people who live on the land. But part of the problem comes in is that there's a fixed price that the farmers get for the dried beans. So this is where it starts. So what these kids do is it starts all the way from clearing the vegetation on the land because this is very thick, tropical land. So these kids as young as five are using machetes to clear all of this vegetation, which of course Mm -hmm. then entails a lot of accidents, um, at least scarring to sometimes death and loss of limbs. Then they also are the ones who are like mixing and applying pesticides to the plants so that then, you know, they can grow better. And then they also harvest them and then carry these huge, heavy, like multiple tens to hundreds of pounds of loads of the cocoa pods once they're harvested and are carrying them huge long distance over terrain that's like not, you know, a nice, easy, flat terrain. Mm -hmm. So these little kids are doing all of this work. And the reason that they're using kids to do that is because there's a fixed price for chocolate. It's called the farm gate price. It's the same for all of the farmers in the region. And it is set by the governments in Ghana and on the Ivory Coast. And it's related to then how much money they can get um, from international cocoa prices. So... The well, farms actually, that this is happening in, yeah. they, the the actual farms this happens on has no say in the price they get. They only get a set amount. And so, and that amount is so low that then they're, you know, basically forced into using child labor. Otherwise, they wouldn't it's make enough money. incentivized because right. that's their way to make money. This actually kind of reminds me of um, in the U.S., there have been Supreme Court cases on slavery in the last like 10 years uh, because of migrant workers. Um, I'm thinking in particularly in, in particularly what's wrong with me <laughs> in particular of um, uh, farms in Florida, like tomato growers. Oh, okay. And so they will um, either recruit undocumented people and then like threaten to turn them in or hold the documents of people and not give them back. Um so that people are like trapped in these, these Mm -hmm. situations and have horrible, horrible working conditions, similar to what you said, like pesticides and backbreaking work and all of that and paid virtually nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that the, the farms, so the companies that bought the tomatoes from them would say, well, we're not 
we don't employ those people. So it's, we can't do anything. It's not our problem. And so the activists, including the migrant workers that, that work together to form a union, the, the, uh, United Farm, well, no, no, the Immokalee coalition of Immokalee workers in Immokalee, Florida, that they banded together and tried to pressure the buyers because they said, if we can get the customers of the buyers, like the people who go to Taco Bell or the people mm-hmm. who eat at McDonald's to say, we want to pay the migrant workers a penny more per pound in order to treat them like a modicum of decency, mm-hmm. um, then the, the customers can influence the buyers and the buyers then put pressure on the growers. And then the yeah. growers have to treat their workers better because otherwise the, the buyers, like the corporations were basically like, we can't do anything. And it wasn't yeah. until they put pressure on the customers to raise a stink that finally some things started trickling down and happening so that mm-hmm. it just reminds me like i'm imagining yeah. the the corporation saying the same thing like well we're not the government of mali yeah. or yeah. we're not the government of ghana or whatever like we right. can't help it we're just buying the chocolate that's all exactly. we exactly exactly i mean that is exactly what they do it's actually so depressing so, yeah. So, I mean, it take, these companies are saying they're not even involved at the level where the farming is taking place because the farmers are then selling it to local traders who then take them to the ports and they're transported by exporters over to, you know, Europe or wherever processing in the United States. And then those traders process the cocoa beans. And then mm. that in turn... The processed cocoa beans are then what are bought by companies here. So there's all these mm-hmm. steps in between where mm-hmm. U.S. companies can divorce themselves from this process and say mm-hmm. that they don't have anything to do with it. But really, um, I mean, maybe I'll get into this. But in my mind, it's like U.S. companies are obviously like the engine of all of this because they're oh, buying a shit ton of chocolate, yeah. I'm imagining, or cocoa powder, whatever the ingredient is. So if they said we will not buy it unless you have we have assurances from everyone down the chain that this isn't happening, they have enormous leverage yeah. that they could but use. Am I that wrong? gets back and, to you have to if you're not gonna buy that product, you're gonna be paying a lot more. Because as, right. Because just take a wild guess the daily wage of the people who are getting paid for this. So the kids, obviously, most of them are not getting anything. It's just free labor. But the ones who are technically paid their oh, daily God. wage on a cocoa farm. I mean, I'm going to guess something just like absurdly low, like $5 a day. <laughs> so 50 cents in the Ivory Coast a day. Okay. And 84 cents in Ghana per day. Mm-hmm. For the people who are paid. Mm-hmm. So imagine if that was brought up to any sort of reasonable wage, you're literally going to be increasing the cost of cocoa by thousands of percentages. And then that trickles down. And then all of a sudden, your, you know, Hershey's bar that you're paying $1.50 for when your kids see it at eye level walking out is now mm-hmm. like $15. So. Or more. Which just, again, assumes that that's like the corporate logic of it all. Like the shareholders and the profit margins Mm -hmm. of the companies, like instead of saying, well, we're just going to make less profit, that's not brought into question. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't sit in these board meetings, but I would imagine that's the logic is like, let's pass it on to the consumer. 
Yeah. And have them pay more. At which point this, you know, I'm in a position where I can pay more. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I would rather have that. But I also understand that not everyone is in a position to say it's just, I get that it's complicated, yeah. but it makes me very mad. Right. So we have to bring a little bit of Iowa into this because we always do. Um, <laughs> As to girls who grew up in Iowa. Yes. That's right. We're from Iowa. Um, after this documentary aired, then some of the companies, some of the chocolate producing companies like Mars and Cadbury, like entered into these agreements that they would phase out and end the use of any cocoa beans produced with child slavery and labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2001, good old Tom Harkin was involved oh, in a bill. Tom Harkin, Iowa. senator from Iowa, mm-hmm. um, was involved in a bill with another senator. I can't remember if I know where he was from, but Elliot Engel, um, New York senator. Oh, yeah, New York. So they introduced a bill that would basically pr- make make companies have that label on their chocolate that says Mm. that this is no child slavery is used in the production of this chocolate. And that would be required um, for chocolate in the United States. So unsurprisingly, a bunch of people lobbied against that. It actually passed in the house by 291 to 115 votes. But when it was going to the Senate, the chocolate companies hired former Senator George Mitchell um, who's from Maine and a Democrat, actually. And then everybody's favorite, Bob Dole, to <laughs> be their lobbyists to lobby against this passing. So then it never went to a vote in the Senate. Sound familiar? Like, this mm-hmm. is apparently what the Senate just does. They just refuse to vote on things. Um, that never went to a vote. But the, then the chocolate companies reached an agreement that they'd have this voluntary agreement they called the Harkin Engel Protocol that they would remove child slavery from the industry by 2005. Okay, Guess well, what? 2021. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. So then they agreed to a three-year extension. <clears throat> 2008. Still didn't happen. Um, so then they extended it to 2010. But again, it's 2020. They had another agreement that it was supposed to be eradicated by 2020. 2021. Oh, 2020. I see. I see. Yeah. So they were supposed to have it done by 2020. They did not. Um, It's still happening. There are some estimates that it's been reduced by maybe 10%. But then other things that I read where it said that it's increased by 14% in some areas. So nothing. This is what's so frustrating is like you would think it would be easy to get people on board. Like, should we have kids enslaved? No, <laughs> that feels like a kind of no brainer. Yeah. And I actually I I do understand my husband is a, an economist that studies development. And, and it is, I know, sometimes more fraught and complicated in that there are. Um, really different factors to consider. So like where my knee jerk reaction is like child labor is automatically super horrible. Like it, there are, I don't think anyone would say like, no, it's great. Well, maybe there are some people who would say that, but it, my husband wouldn't say that it's great, but he would say that, but there are also like, it's complicated. Like there are, no, other it's very deeply complicated. In terms I mean, of, right. So I, I want to like honor that <laughs> this is neither of our specialty, but when you think about just this basic, 
like again with the with the farm workers and migrant farm workers in Florida, like just the the human decency, like some baseline that we can agree we have enough wealth to share and that people shouldn't have to live in these conditions or to be put into these situations to make these horrible choices. Like that seems like you a bipartisan issue that you could get behind. I mean, it's, it just yeah. strikes me as a, just an obvious example of like, well, profits first, because otherwise chocolate companies you would hope would be like, yeah, we don't want to get rich off of little kids. Yeah. Having their right. limbs chopped off with machetes. We will right. get and stolen this. from their families to never see them again when they're five years old. Yeah. 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 I, um, oh God. yeah. yeah. So there, the companies that have seemed to do more work for this that I found were Mars, um, Cadbury, uh, Ferrero Rocher. I'm saying that wrong. Oh, probably. Ferrero Rocher. There you go. Um, and then the one that comes up as problematic a lot is Nestle, which of course is one of the hugest ones. And they were just involved in a Supreme Court case that was ruled on two weeks ago. Whoa. That was a, huge win for chocolate companies and against little children. Um, so the, the basis of this Supreme court case was that there were, there was a lawsuit brought by six, um, Malian boys that had been working its way through the courts for the past 15 years. So now mm. these, um, Gosh. men are in their twenties and they said that they were forcibly trafficked to cocoa farms on the Ivory coast, um, where they, you know, just basically spent long hours every day farming these cocoa beans, sleeping under armed guards to keep them from escaping, and then oh not paid at all, just had their basic, like, food and, you know, scraps of clothing Slavery. provided to Slavery. them for this. Yeah. yeah. So they brought a case um, under this law from, like, the late 1700s that's called the alien tort statute or the ATS that is supposed to be able to hold these multinational companies to account for labor abuses that are committed in their supply chain, even if that right. doesn't happen in the United States. Okay. Um, like but, sorts of things. Right. Yeah. Yes. That kind of a thing. Um, but, and I need to, I should have read more of the details of this, but the Supreme Court ruled against them, against these boys, eight to one. They said the key weakness was that the case failed to show that many of the business decisions leading to child labor happened on U.S. soil. So basically the whole thing, like we're not making the decisions, we're just buying this product that is the that is the most important decision. That's yeah. the one decision that matters, actually. Yeah. They said oh. they didn't, Clarence Thomas wrote, they did not own or operate the farms in Ivory Coast. So basically, they could only be Clarence held Thomas responsible. Wrote. Yeah. <laughs> My <laughs> and eyes then we know some bullshit is coming <laughs> afterwards. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So because they don't own the farms that this is happening on, they said, and they're not responsible for the decisions in those farms, then basically they can't be held responsible for things that are happening outside of U.S. soil. Um, That's disgusting. So, yeah. So now it's all just like voluntary. If companies want to be amoral assholes for profits or do something to the work Supreme against. Court gave them a green light on that. 
Yeah. Well, maybe that's it a good segue can. to this list that I found that, uh, yes. I mean, I, I am hoping that this is a, that's a good list. We'll post it on our dirty laundry podcast.com. Um, yeah. but it's five ethical cocoa brands that don't rely on child labor. Um, which again, like you would hope that would never have to be a title of a blog mm-hmm. post or like article anywhere, uh-huh. but uh-huh. it's alter eco, um, divine, which I had never heard of these endangered species is another one. And also, um, they are trying to protect wildlife diversity through theirs as well, because of the thinking about the destruction of the environment in order to cocoa farm. Um, in addition to child labor, Theo and, oh gosh, M A D E with an accent over it. C A S S E. Maybe. Um, so I'll post that link and we'll see what else we can find. But the point being, there are alternatives. There are companies. Yeah. The one that I got the chocolate bar from, we'll post the link to, because they have a whole lot of information on their website Mm -hmm. about this because it's their whole thing. They're like, we are anti-slavery chocolate. That's why we exist. And it's called Tony's Chocolonely chocolate okay. because they're lonely in the industry <laughs> the being people who have who use ethical practices uh, um for doing that so yes look up these options switch over whatever you can to yeah. these um companies that are actually doing something about it and then you know tweet something out put something on your instagram so people know that this is happening because i just think most of us don't know well, we'll link to that our recent Supreme Court case too, so yeah. because that is just such a recent decision. I can't imagine how crushing that must be for the boys now men that brought that case. Just yeah, just devastating. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. I've completely lost any appetite for anything, let alone <laughs> chocolate. Um, but that, yeah, I, I'm really, really glad you brought that to our attention and uh, put it yeah. on the list. Okay. Another Thanks. uplifting and lightning episode. <laughs> Thanks guys for coming for Have your a downer. Great week, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you. We'll we'll be back on Friday with a with a regular length episode. Um yep. continuing with our attention on white women in the history of slavery. We'll All talk right. to you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye.